And I love that high performance habit piece that you just gave. Like that's, that's awesome to take. I think we all look at habits as this, like they're just these things, but when you break them up even into subcategories and it's like, these are those ones that make me a better person. These are the ones that help me contribute to my family. These are the ones like, that's, that's a really interesting way to think about habits. Yeah. And and I always think, does a habit move you closer to where you want to be or further away from where you want to be? And it doesn't matter what that thing is. Like, so if we just say, I want to be a better dad and I keep going to bed at midnight and watching Netflix, is that habit taking you to be a better dad or further away? Hey guys, I'm Anthony Palmer, and this is Wake Dad, Drink, Repeat. The goal of this show is to have a real conversation around life as a dad and explore how all the other roles we have in life intersect with fatherhood. We do this by talking about the tough stuff, by getting a little vulnerable, by sharing stories, laughs, ideas, and hopefully creating a little community along the way. My guest this week on the pod is Mike Watts. Mike is a dad of two. He has a killer accent and he's really good at breathing. Okay, so that sounds a little wild, but it's true. Mike is a master instructor with Oxygen Advantage and just an all-around really great guy. I had a ton of fun talking with Mike and was really inspired during this conversation, not just to work on my own breathing techniques and help my family with theirs, but also to reassess and dive into the high-performance habits that can help me be able to lead and be more present for my family. It uh, <laughs> It's funny how this episode timed out, so we recorded this back in June. And I had every intention of getting this episode out uh, during the month of July. Actually, we, Mike and I even talked about uh, the Tour de France and uh, who our projected winners were going to be for the year. And um, clearly, as it's middle of August and this is coming out, I missed the boat on that. But things have been really busy around here uh, between getting Palm Tree Podco, uh, continuing to get it up and running and, and bringing some new clients on and, and working to help other people with their podcast and sharing their stories and the stories of their guests. Um, Wake Dead Drink Repeat has continued to kind of take the back burner a little bit, which uh, I've really missed doing this. And um, when I was editing this episode, and actually recording the next episode that's coming out. I, I did that on the same day. Um, it, this, this conversation felt very timely. And, um, so I am going to do my best to promise to you guys to be more consistent with this again. Um, I appreciate all those that have reached out and wondered when the next episode was coming out or where we've been. And, um, I promise the show is not done. It just has kind of had to take a little bit of a backseat, but, um, working hard to, to change that and, and to keep it going and, um, you know, to kind of have adjusted perspective and reality on it. And like I said, we talk about some of that in this episode. So it was, it was very timely. Um, along with that in this episode, Mike and I chat about human performance versus athlete performance and how they relate. Mike defines functional breathing. Uh, and we talk about high performance habits, uh, Mike kind of gets into it a little bit in the show, but some of the stuff that we're talking about there is like how we breathe, how we think, how we feel, how we sleep, how we nourish ourselves. These high performance habits and some others that we talk about, Mike works on and we kind of dive into why he started focusing on these when his first kiddo was born and why he felt that was necessary. Uh, Mike even was gracious enough to share a couple different breathwork activities. They're 
towards the back end of the episode. Um, but they're really cool to check out. So uh, be sure to listen in for that and, and try it. I've honestly, they've, I've been messing around with them some uh, since we recorded this episode. And it, it really is uh, pretty crazy how well they work. So that said, if you guys would please be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow along with us on our social media platforms if you're not already doing so. And do me a favor and share this episode with a fellow dad. I'm excited to bring this episode to you guys. So here it is, this week's episode titled High Performance Habits with Mike Watts. Okay, well, cool. Well, man, I've been really excited about talking with you and having you on the pod. I know we talked a little bit uh, offline before we got started, but, um, you know, I think where I kind of wanted to jump in, if you're cool with it, is talk a little bit about, um, let's just like, let's just jump right into kind of the breathwork conversation and really with an emphasis on the power of breath uh, for our kids and the power as parents to be able to help our kids uh, with, you know, knowing how and when to breathe. So kind of, kind of take us from there. Okay, yeah. So let's jump straight in. So <laughs> when we look at, at breathing, we think about functional breathing, or we could talk about our bre- breathing efficiency. And really what we're trying to understand is if we breathe in the correct manner as intended, what are the benefits? And I think that's the, the, the fastest and the easiest place to go is like go toward the benefit. Yeah. And through normal breathing patterns, functional breathing patterns, which we can define in a moment, but let's let's sort of lean on the benefits. We're talking really about three major areas. One is delivering more oxygen to the cells and the tissue. And we know that the brain needs oxygen, the muscles, the tissue, we basically feed off oxygen. So we can deliver more oxygen to cells, like big, big tick in order for helping us just thrive and, and help us just basically maneuver and and make sure we can make our way through the day or even if it's performance so that's a the big tick the second one is when we talk about more in the the biomechanics realm of breathing making sure that the primary muscles that we used to breathe such as the diaphragm is doing its job Mm -hmm. and the reason that's so important is one it can help us with our movement efficiency so we talk about breathing efficiency and movement efficiency because the diaphragm plays such an important role in our core, which most of us have heard of, like, oh, the core. So the diaphragm is a muscle that sits within there. And a diaphragm that's active and working is going to help stabilize our core, reduce back pain, reduce neck pain. A diaphragm that works properly is going to fatigue less quickly um, in terms of once we start having to breathe a little bit more heavily, it will fatigue a little less quickly. There's also some research around breathing deeply and having the diaphragm work that it actually can help us with that relaxation response and then that sort of leads us into the third pillar if you like so we've got biochemistry oxygen co2 we've got biomechanics like the muscles that we use and then we've got something called the psychophysiological pillar so the brain body connection and this is the thing that we can really think about breathing as how we think influences how we breathe but how we breathe influences how we think. So if we pause on that for one moment and think very, very basically, we can go into a stress response where the heart rate increases, 
we have this dump of like adrenaline and cortisol, et cetera, et cetera, which we call that our fight or flight response. In our nervous system, that's called the, the sympathetic pathway. Or we can have the other side, which is more that relaxation, rest and digest, the parasympathetic response, lower heart rate, not the release of the, the stress hormones. And these two systems are always on. And what we're trying to do is be resilient enough that as a human being, we can go one way or the other when required. So when I need to be focused, engaged and up for it, I can take myself there. And when I need to be relaxed and clear-minded and focused, I can take myself there. And what we are finding with most people, and we'll probably talk about the evolution of breathing and what happens from a child to an adult, is we have these dysfunctional traits of breathing. And the dysfunctional traits of breathing basically mean we don't deliver enough oxygen to cells, we don't activate the diaphragm, and we get stuck in this chronic state of stress because the dysfunctional breathing basically triggers that sympathetic switch. So that's the benefits and that's 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 the why, if you like. The, the dysfunction, thank you for that, because I think that's really helpful. And I think, I mean, my, my goal with this episode was to, one, I mean, I... Our paths crossed through another show that I work with on the podium with with Dr. Kevin Sprouse. And um, if you if anybody listening to this really wants kind of like a deep dive, you know, in the course of an hour, it's a phenomenal episode. It'll be linked in the show notes. Like I highly recommend diving in and and learning more about kind of this um, the way the importance of our breath and how it affects us. The goal with this episode is to really try to. you know, look at that through the lens of a parent and the abilities for our ways in which to help our kids. And I think this dysfunction piece is a great, a really a great jump off point, because what I want to ask is how much of that dysfunction is nature versus nurture, right? Like, so is it, well, I'm not going to say anything else. How much of that falls into those two categories? Yeah. So, so I think if we, if we look at a newborn child and this is where breathing is really impactful, it's the first thing we do when we enter the world and it's the last thing we do. So it plays, it plays an important role. And most children, let's take like the majority, cause we, we will have outliers. Most children will breathe with their nose and you'll see their little rib cage flaring, expanding and then coming back and it'll be fairly quiet and it'll be inhale through the nose, exhale through the nose, little pause, and they go again. And they've got a very functional breathing pattern. Mm-hmm. So we start in the right manner. We then look at what corrupts our children in terms of the environment and this nature nurture. So we're almost set up in a way to succeed, but the environment starts to dictate and change habits. Simple things like if a child doesn't breastfeed, it's going to change the palate and it's going to change the breathing airway and it's going to change the shape of the jaw. So mechanically, we're starting to change how a child would breathe. We then look at things like um, what children eat. So if you think about if we give them too many soft foods and it's always like soft food, spoon fed, etc., etc. Again, it doesn't develop the palate. Everything's soft. Everything's easy. They're never having to chew. So you have that. We then have a world of where we're sort of grounded a little bit more in technology of iPads, TVs, and it starts to promote this sort of poor posture, if you like. Shoulders start to come forward, they stay slouched, and that promotes more upper airway breathing. 
So we start to get in this pattern where we've created an environment that's not conducive to good breathing. And then we know that our kids look at us and if we're not breathing in the right manner, they're going to start to copy traits and behaviors. So if they see their, their, their dad sat on the couch, watching Netflix, mouth wide open, breathing heavily, it's these cues and sounds that they will pick up and say, oh, that's a normality. So I'll sort of copy that behavior. So it's super important that we start trying to think of, right, how do we lay the foundation so that our kids can breathe functionally? How do we create the, the environment? And then how do we cue our kids? And even for me, when they're maybe watching TV or they're playing with toys, I'll say, okay, close your mouth. Like I'll remind them because I'll see, see them sat there like this. And what's super interesting is when we think about the, the development of the face, the cranial development, when they get into like their teen years and an early adult, the, the jaw should be square. Square jaw and these like prominent features, pointy features like a pointy nose and a pointy chin is a real big sign of dysfunctional breathing habits that your kid has picked up as they've developed and got older. And things like having to remove wisdom teeth, having to remove adenoids is all a huge sign that your child is potentially a dysfunctional breather and it needs to be addressed. So what you're saying and is what we, because I still have my wisdom teeth and there's room in my mouth that I'm a good breather. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah. Wait, you give it, you're giving yourself the chance. It's like, the hardware's good. Like, just make sure the software. Yeah, the software is total shit. But the hardware. <laughs> well, you can train the software. It, 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 you, you get a bit more stuck with the hardware. But it, it's so important. And I think modern day is, if there's a problem, let's just go and intervene with a medical intervention. Versus, can we get to the root cause and try and figure this out and get our kids breathing properly? And we'll probably get into a bit of like how we do that because it's not easy. It's really, really hard. Yeah. It's easy to just have an intervention. Well, and I think so to kind of go back and a lot of this, I will have covered in the intro. You know, you're, you're a dad too. You're an yes. athlete. Um, you know, you're, you're somebody who's very active and, um, you know, I think I, I liked in your, your onboarding form that I sent you, you know, you, you talked about this passion that you have for, this for wellness, but really from like this holistic point of view. And I think, um, you know, I was just editing an episode that that's going to come out prior to this conversation with a, a, a musician here in, in town that uh, also owns a farm and they do a lot of regenerative farming practices. And it was, it was reminding yeah. me or making me think a lot about this episode to come of like, you know, getting back to the basics, not relying yeah. on all these other things that we've created in society to help us, you know, be it, Medical treatments, not then medical treatments are good. They're necessary at yeah. certain times, right? Nobody's saying that, but, yep. but understanding the control that we do have to be able to make a difference and an impact in our lives. And, you know, as a parent, as, as a parent who struggles with anxiety, who was yep. a kid that grew up with anxiety, um, you know, I'm on medicine because I couldn't handle it just with the tools that I had. I learned a lot of yep. tools, but it, but they, but I still wasn't able to fully use them. Now, once I started on Prozac, I have a lot better access to my tools, you know, and I rely a lot on breath work for myself. And I 
use that with my kids a lot. And it is really incredible to see really what taking a couple breaths does. You know, I mean, I know it's instilled in us from this early age of like, oh, if you're upset, just take a breath and count to four or whatever it may be. But there's reason for that. It actually works, right? <laughs> like it changes the situation for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think you spoke there about things that were within our control and how holistic my life is now. Mm. And it didn't used to be like that. And I think parenthood was what probably kicked it off. Yeah. I remember when my first, who's now six, Charles, he was born and we were doing like the, the, the thing of like, I would take him up at a certain time and he would get fed. And I was the guy who was going to bed at 11.30 midnight. I was drinking too much coffee. I was watching too many screened. And that's what kicked off, I'd say, my holistic journey. Because then I, I thought, I've got to show up better here. I've got to show up better for my kids. So I'm going to have to start controlling things like my sleep. And it started there. So I started to think about how I could get better sleep. Then it sort of get into a little bit of like nutrition and circadian rhythm. And then along came the breathing. Mm-hmm. And these things are in our control. And it's just understanding, okay, what do I need to do? You don't need to get in the weeds of like all the science, like what tools can I use and when do I need to use them in order to either help me recover as a parent, like a lot of it is about recovery. Um, But also in those times of stress, acute stress, when something happens and you lose your shit, like how do you... How do you pull yourself back to, to, to make a good decision versus doing something? And as parents, we all do stuff that we're like reflecting and like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Like that was ridiculous. <laughs> but how, how do you lean in this toolbox and say, right, what have I got in there? And, and to your point, breathing's free. It's accessible at all times. And the more you do it, the better you become at it. And then it becomes more of a, automated response versus all right i've got to think about this yeah and it and it's it it is the practice piece i mean for as much as we talk about you know as parents we want our kids to be well behaved and have good manners so we ask them to you know say please and thank you and we rehearse that with them all the time and we're constantly reinforcing that it's no different than you looking at your kid playing their ipad with their mouth open and saying close your mouth you know (laughs) like it's it is it's 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 establishing that practice and creating that, you know, that lifestyle that's it, that it's a part of, um, you know, I think everything you just said, there's probably a lot of people listening who can relate to that of where we feel, you know, I think especially as dads, like this, this, uh, sense that we need to grind really hard all the time, right? Like it's that it's the staying up late to catch the dad hours of work that, you know, when you do end up staying late, it's like a lot of times you have that extra beer or that extra bourbon or, you know, whatever it may be. And, and a lot of times we're just looking for time, right? So at the end of the day, sometimes yeah. it's like, I just want to watch a show for 30 minutes. I know I should probably yeah. go to sleep, but hell, I just need a minute, right? Like I just need some me time for a minute here. Um, I love what you said there about not like getting into the science, you know, that, that it's more of like, just find those kind of little things. So something that I think we we do a good job of as a culture is we have access to all this information, but something we do a bad job of is understanding how to process all of this information because it's like drinking from a fire hose. Right. So, yeah. 
if somebody's listening to this and kind of hearing what you're saying, what are, what are kind of some immediate like implementations or implementations that somebody could make with some of these things to try to help yep. themselves? So let, let, before we go into like maybe the application, I think it's really important that we understand where we're getting information from and what the source yeah. of information is yeah. to be able to go and trust it. We don't need to understand the science, but this was something for me when I was looking at breathing and breath work and the the breathing I lean on is Oxygen Advantage by Patrick McKeown. And he's my like tutor who, who, who enabled me to become a master instructor. And what gravitated me towards that as a scientist was how evidence-based it was. So I think everything we go into here you can go and dig deep and have a look at oxygen advantage for the science, but it's almost like that blue tick of, I know it's validated and it's scientific and it's not just like pseudoscience or some mumbo jumbo. Like this is going to help you as recognizing the science. So then we get into physical application and anything I do with anybody I work with, and it doesn't matter whether they're an Olympic gold medalist or just one of my friends who I'm trying to say, hey, this breathing can help you is bring a consciousness to your breathing, step one. And all by that, we just say, whenever you think about your breathing, just breathe in through the nose, out through the nose and take a natural pause and keep doing that until you forget, like in, out, pause, any cadence you like, any tempo you like, just try and remind yourself that it should be quiet slow and deep in nature don't get in the weeds but just go in out pause or with the nose do it do it do it until you forget and then the next time that you remember do it again because then you're starting to re-establish a functional breathing pattern and that is step one like so simple step one start to get the brain to consciously understand this is how i want you to breathe the majority of the time 12 to 18 breaths per minute, in and out with the nose, a natural pause. It's nice and calm. It's nice and deep. Check. Done. Like that's your, your 101, your fundamentals of, of getting you on your pathway to, to breathe properly and be in control of your breath work. I love that. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm being reminded as you're saying that of when you were talking with Patrick and Kevin for the podium of, the three of us sitting here in Knoxville, when we got done, we were like, shit, we were all thinking about our breathing the whole time. We were talking with Mike, like, <laughs> you know, so I'm sitting here like, I think I'm breathing through my nose this whole time we've been talking. You know, it's, it's funny. It, it really is. It's, it's something we so take for granted because we just do it without thinking about it, you know? And, and I think when you do find yourself elevated or stressed or whatever it may be, it, the second you tune into that, you're like, oh yeah, like I'm way out of whack right now, you yeah. know? Um, and and it really, it takes a couple cycles and it seems like you really can kind of be back in, into control with it. What, um, what, what led you, to, I mean, I know you said this about, about your kids and, and kind of wanting to have this holistic approach and a different lifestyle with it. But what, what is, what was it about breath in particular that really kind of like, you know, led you to where you are? So I was. I was working back in the UK um, in in professional soccer as a performance coach expert, and it was very traditional by sense that all we were doing with the, the the athletes was to say, "How can I probably make them bigger, faster, stronger?" And 
at any cost, like just make them bigger, faster, stronger and make sure they're available. And that's the model in most professional sports organizations to this day, globally. That's it. Because it's easy to do and um, it's easy to deliver on. I came across to the US and uh, um, the guy who hired me, a, a, a guy called Paul Winsper, also a, 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 an amazing father as well, um, to his son, he, he hired me and said, oh, I think, I think we can look at human performance versus athlete performance. And I said, okay, so what does that mean? So he says, well, I think it's not just all about the pinnacle and the spearhead of performance. There's this health and wellness foundation, which spans across every single human being on the planet. And if you get the foundation right, how you think, how you feel, how you breathe, how you move, how you nourish yourself, how you recover, how you sleep, it sets us up to to do better things, to achieve better things, whether it be a better dad or a better athlete. So that was really it. And and I remember um, Paul would, would often say to me, oh, there's this person doing this or there's this person doing this. And I met Patrick seven years ago. So this we're talking seven years ago when I, when I sat in a coffee shop with him in downtown Portland and he took us through this binder that was like thicker than my head. <laughs> and uh, and I've got a big head. And anyway, they, and this we went through this this and, and the research was unbelievable, like like literally blew our minds. And we sat there and he went through all these benefits and and as a like skeptical scientists, I went, this is not possible. Like this is complete BS. Like there's no way just by breathing better that you're going to get all these benefits. And he was showing us the research and we started to apply it and people thought we were nuts. Like, so going back seven years ago, people thought it was like woohoo shit, like nutters, like the granola eating folks from Portland, Oregon, (laughs) Because we were looking at things like light therapies, yeah. um, circadian rhythms, um, different like ways to look into nutrition for gut health and, and brain health. And people thought we were nuts. And, and we were like, no, there's, there's, the science is there. Like literally the science is there. It's just we've not caught up to it. And it was, okay, let's keep diving deep on this thing and applying it and applying it and applying it and researching it. And we just got to a point where now it's common. Like you talk to people about breathing and they don't think you're so nuts right. when you talk about it. Um, and there's all sorts of techniques and things going on, but it, it was, it was really, I think my nature as an individual is to, to, to really be like curious by nature and, and not just say, well, I'll just keep doing what I've always done. And and probably in five years, we'll learn a little bit more and it might look a little bit different. And I might look back now and say, wow, that was crazy what I was doing then. But I think at this moment in time, we understand what we would class as like our real fundamentals and breathing is one of them. And if breathing is such a fundamental to how we think and feel and perform, then we need to understand how to optimize it based on what evidence we have. And I think we're doing a good job at the moment. And it's not to say that it won't change because I think we know that much, right. like a tiny, tiny bit compared to probably what's out there. Um, but what we do know, let's let's like apply it to everyone and, and try and help 
people breathe a little bit better in order to make them just function a little bit better. Like don't have the brain fog. Don't just fly off the handle all the time. Um, don't feel super stressed out. Don't have a panic attack. Don't have an anxiety attack. Like all these things that we would think like it's out of my control it is within your control. Mm-hmm. You you can take ownership and control it. Yeah. And I think it, it doesn't mean that you don't feel those things still, right? Like you're still going to feel stressed. You're still going to feel yep. angry, frustrated, anxious, whatever. Like all of those feelings are are there. It just unlocks this ability to be able to handle it differently. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, to like, kind of like tie the parent piece into this, you know, it's not like we can't blow smoke all the time up our kids and be like, Oh, everything's just happy. Go lucky. It's through the Instagram filter. It's whatever. It's like, no, yeah. life is hard. Sometimes we, we encounter mm-hmm. difficult things. You know, I've, I've yeah. said this on the show before, but I, I, my wife and I are, are big proponents of, of, you know, fitness, at least trying to do something every day for us. I mean, for me, it's my therapy, but I also really think it's such an important thing for our kids to see us doing that. And then we make time for it. You know, it's like, Hey, I can't play right now. I'm going to go work out and I'll play with you when I'm done or this, that, or, you know, whatever it may be. But I really try to always share with my 11 year old, my daughter, I don't necessarily tell her about every workout, but I certainly tell her about the ones that are hard. Right. Like I love coming home from a run that just absolutely throttled me and being like, yeah, that was one of the hardest runs I've had in a long time. And I wanted to quit, but I didn't, you know, or I did quit and I cut it two miles short and that's what I had today, you know, but I stayed out and I walked another 15 minutes on the way home or, you know, whatever it may be. But like, I think that is such an important thing for them to hear from us is that not everything is, is easy. And I just recently my daughter said something to me like it was you know i'm i've told you i'm in knoxville tennessee it's been ridiculously hot here this summer so far and you know it was like midday and i was like i'm going out for a run i didn't want to run on our treadmill i wanted to be outside and i was saying out loud before i went out like god i do not want to go do this you know Mm. and my daughter was like well why are you doing it because I need to go do it. <laughs> like, I don't want to, but I need to go do it, you know? And like, and that's okay. And I came home and I was in a better mood and was like, that's why I needed to go do that. Like now I can be a better dad the rest of the day, you know, like this is what I needed to do to help me unlock that potential for myself. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's a huge point. Like my kids see me and my wife. And I think like, like sounds like your dynamic we're on the same page when it comes to this health and wellness of, okay, the way we approach it, the kids will see us and the kids will see us jump in the cold plunge in the morning. They'll see us doing breathing. They'll see us doing meditation. They see us working out. They see us eating well. And you can ask my kids, one six, Charles is six, Maxime's four, and you can ask them, how should you breathe? And they'll tell you, oh, with your nose. Or you can say, <laughs> what type of food should you eat? And they'll say, oh, you need protein because that builds muscle like they know the fundamental basics and they know like oh sleep makes me stronger because my brain develops and my muscles grow like they know the fundamental basics and it's so important that maybe we we guide and educate through our own habits Mm -hmm. and I call them high performance habits like so through our own high performance habits that let that be the teacher like let that be the way versus 
you shouldn't be on your iPad. Like, okay, we all know how detrimental these things are to our health and, and how they can drive us into like a state of stress and how that can trigger a dysfunctional breathing pattern. So how are we going to manage that? Just tell our kids no? Or are we going to like talk about the, 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 the knock-on effects of what that does and, and then say, hey, instead of being on the iPad, let's go and play outside together yeah. or do something together. But I think it's important to say, like, as you say that, when we came on, you were like, hey, I'm playing dad and work role today and my four-year-old's, you know, on his iPad while I do this. So like it exists in your all's world. It exists in our world. It's a tool. It's, it's honestly a very good tool at times that we all need, right? Like sometimes we need that distraction with them to be able to do other things. And, and that's okay. Right. It's this, it's this yeah. moderation piece. It's it not becoming the, like, I, I think of it the same way. I think of like sugar, which we're, we're, we are poor about this in our house and we really are working to be better about it. But it's like, you know, my kids want to have a handful of gummy bears every night. Like it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's probably not the best thing in the world either, you know, but like, it's just something we're, we're working on trying to be better about, you know? And I think it's okay that they have them though, you know, like it just doesn't need to be a habit. Right. And I love that high performance habit piece that you just gave. Like that's, that's awesome to take, I think we all look at habits as this, like, they're just these things, but when you break them up even into subcategories and it's like, these are those ones that make me a better person. These are the yeah. ones that help me contribute to my family. These are the ones like, that's, that's a really interesting way to think about habits. Yeah. And, and I always think, does a habit move you closer to where you want to be or further away from where you want to be? And it doesn't matter what that thing is. Like, so if we just say, I want to be a better dad and I keep going to bed at midnight and watching Netflix, is that habit taking you to be a better dad or further away? And probably further away because you're tired, mm-hmm. you wake up, you're in a bad mood, you shout at the kids, they go off to school, like, oh, dad shouted at me, he's always mad, da, 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 da. So I, th- I think that reflection piece of well of like, when you're doing something, be mindful. Maybe you can like just focus on your breathing a little bit, like in, out, pause, think about what you're doing, reflect, Is it which way is it taking me and say, can I drop this or can I do something differently? And, and it's really powerful when you start thinking about these, these high performance habits. Yeah, no, I think so. So what are some other, what, what, what else falls into kind of that high performance habit for you? I know you said breathing, you said I think sleep and, and nutrition. What is there anything? Yeah. Um, so so I, I'll always think about how um, is, is something taking out energy or putting back in energy and the, these high performance habits that, that we do. Um, super basic for me is when, when I wake up and, you know, kids are like the best alarm clock in the world. I've not set an alarm clock in like six years. <laughs> so... So it's like, okay, they're going to wake me up at six o'clock every morning, probably without fail. And I might get interrupted when they shout at me because they're having a nightmare or they want me to come. So I know I've got that hard stop where I'm going to have to get up as a, as a parent because they don't give a shit what I've done the night before. They're getting up at six o'clock. So then I'm going to have to work back and say, I probably need seven, eight hours sleep maybe nine, it's all individual. So let me work back from six o'clock. So when your kids get up, work back. And for me, I'm thinking, right, I need to be in bed by nine, nine fifteen, nine thirty. 
And that's where I aim for. And, and, and I'm so, sort of working around my kids here thinking, yeah. right, that's what I've got to aim for. As soon as I wake up, the kids will be like playing a little bit. And we said no TV in the morning. There's no TV like before school. We're not going to allow you to do that. You've got enough toys, go and play. It gives me 15, 20 minutes to go and hydrate, drink some water, super basic, jump in the cold plunge, do some light therapy and do some breath work. Like ground myself with just simple, some concentrate on my breathing, done, go and make breakfast. Can I, can I have you throw and, a pin in that for just a second? Because I'm, I'm, yep. I'm super curious. So you, you're doing that. Is your wife awake with you at this time too? Is she with the kids or is this you flying solo with the kids? Both up. The, kid, the kids are like doing their own thing at this point. Like they've just got up. They can engage either with each other or sit and play Legos or do something. But dude, something. that's like, impressive to get like, and I mean, again, it's this, it's these habits that we create for ourselves, but like, I, I don't know that when we both have a four-year-old, I don't know that my, and I'm sure he would with time, but I don't know that I could get a 15 minute window first thing in the morning. And it kills me because I try to wake up 30, 40 minutes before my kids so I can do some of this stuff and without fail, because I'm you know, on the entrepreneur road right now and doing shit. I'm up working till midnight. And that means being up at yep. five, which is five hours of sleep, which is wrecked. I mean, my aura ring every morning is like, Hey, you should sleep. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, but anyways, that's really impressive that you're, that you've got the kids. Cause there's, there's two things working there. There's you and your habits and you yep. having these routines that, you know, make you, you, and then being able to make the kids be able to allow that to happen, which is a whole other yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and maybe it's just by design of that's what they know. Yeah. And that's what they see. And they understand like, oh, mum's going to do her things of like, she's going to do a bit of meditation, et cetera, et cetera. And dad, you're going to see dad doing his crazy stuff. He's out in the garden, he's in the cold plunge and then he's, sitting in front of this red light and then he'll breathe and then he'll do some stretch or whatever. And, and my eldest will like, I always do like a bit of foam rolling, stretching and some push ups every mm -hmm. morning. And my eldest will come through and he'll either get on my back or he'll do them with me. Yeah. So then it's like, how can you sometimes say to them, do you want to do this with me? Yeah. And like, they're probably not going to go for a cold plunge, but they might sit and breathe with you. And even if it's for 30 seconds, and then they get up and they're bored and they go, like you're creating some kind of high performance habits where they're like, oh, dad's doing that. And I, I think we forget the power that we have as a parent. And I'm sure your, your, your eldest is on in mine where they think you're an, an absolute dickhead. But there's a point <laughs> yeah, where <laughs> definitely do. There's, a point, there's a point where they look at you and think, this person is amazing. Like everything they do is amazing. Everything they do is right. Like they're on this planet and they're like killing it. And they look at you at that like that. And my kids are still in that age group where dad's amazing. Yeah. And if dad does that, it must be amazing. So it's like, maybe that's the win. I, I, listen, I've never thought about it and you've made me think about it now. <laughs> May, maybe that's the trick of just, you start doing things right. You start putting these things in place and the kids will be like, okay, this that's normal. Like that is normal. Yeah for and and i'm sure my kids would think like oh if i went to anybody's house in the morning that's what mom and jumping dad in do. a cold plunge yeah that's what mum and dads do and it's probably not normal and i'm a bit nuts in that sense but maybe it's 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 teaching by doing and creating these windows and 
And one thing, one massive blessing of the pandemic and working from home for me, and there's been a lot of negatives, was basically to be able to sit down most days and have breakfast together and most days have dinner together. And it made a huge difference in our family's dynamic to sit down, no phones, like, and, and just, just to throw this one in, I've not looked at my phone at this point. So I've got up, I've done my stuff, probably 10 to 15 minutes, I'm making breakfast, my wife's in the kitchen, she's like making the boys lunch. Then we sit down and we're eat, eating a nutritious breakfast and nobody's been on the phone at this point. And we're engaged with each other as a family. Like, hey, Charles, what are you doing today? Like, Cecile, my wife, what are you doing? Maxine, what are you, what are you, what? And we'll always say to them as well, what are you looking forward to? What are you grateful for? So these like affirmations and intentions and gratitude, which we know the science is there again. We're sharing that. Breakfast is maybe, you know what it's like, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, but we're there. And then we're up and kids are off to school. I, I take my boy to school on an electric scooter, which is always fun. And like, and then we're off. But at least we've had, what, 45 minutes as a family to like do our own thing, be together, and then we're off. It sets, it's a lot like, it, you know, when you look at the family as this living, breathing organism, right? Like it's no different doing that than it is you and your wife doing your own things that matter to you, you're now, you've set the intention for the day, right? Like you've established mm. the routine, 100%. you know? And I think, yeah. I think that's so, I, I mean, man, I'm, I'm sitting here like incredibly impressed and I'm like, Hey Mike, what's it going to cost to fly you out to Knoxville and get you to set my family up? Cause like, it's hard, <laughs> man. My wife's, my wife's an ER doc. She works crazy ass hours. And a lot of times I'm flying solo with the kids and I've got seven years yeah. in between my two. So it's, it's this whole nother dynamic of like, you know, it's very, it's very challenging to get us all on the same page at times, you know, between mm. the age gap, my wife not being around, whatever it may be, you know, and, and I grew up in a household where we ate dinner together every night, you know, and like, and we ate around the table and like a lot of times my survival skills at five o'clock are like, Anderson, you can go eat dinner wherever you want. I'm going to sit with Oliver cause I'm not eating yet. Cause I haven't even totally thought feel. about making food for myself yet, you yeah. know, and it's just, it's. And it's, I'm, I'm having a therapy session with you right now, but I, I told you my, we took my daughter to camp for, she's at a three week sleepaway camp. And so I've just had my son since Monday yeah. and, um, you know, we've the, every meal, so or not every meal, but most of the meals the last three days has been him and I sitting at the table together and just talking and listening to music and, and laughing. And it's been really nice. And I, it's one of those things I actually wrote down this morning in my little journal I do in the morning. And I was like, how do I, how do I implement this when Anderson gets home? Like I've got yeah. a three week runway to really establish this routine again with Oliver and to, and to get it going again with one kid. Cause I used to just do it when it was just Anderson and I, and then we had yeah. Oliver and we had a newborn and life felt crazy. So it's like, all right, it's time to shift back to this, you know? And when yeah. I was reading that in your, in your guest form about the importance of family meals for you guys, I was like, God, all right, that's a sign. Like, I really got to get, <laughs> I really got to get back to it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and me and my wife eat at 5 p.m. Right. And that's like super early. Yeah. And, and like, I didn't used to, I used to eat at like 7 p.m. My wife's French. The culture for them is to eat at like 8, 8, 30, uh, 9 p.m. You, guys, be, you but, guys have lost your Europe, your European cards. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we've gone, we've gone. And, and, uh, my, Paul, my, my, my boss laughs at me because we have family movie night on Fridays. 
And he's like, oh, family movie night. His son's like graduated from college. He's like, we used to do that. We used to do that. It's amazing, isn't it? I said, yeah, we get down. Like we start around 3.30. And he's like, family movie night <laughs> at 3.30. I was like, yeah, because we need the kids in bed by seven. Right. <laughs> and he's like, all oh, right, okay. And, and, and it's, I don't know, it's funny when you look at it, but we, we're always like aiming to say, we need to eat around five. Give, give ourselves an hour, like six o'clock-ish, we'll start getting into the routine of like F, bath time yeah. and bedtime. And we'll try and get them in bed for around seven. Because to your point at the start there, we need our time as individuals and parents and as husband and wife to go, what do you want to do? Do you want to sit outside and chat? Do I want to play guitar for a little bit? Do we want to watch Obi-Wan Kenobi? Like we've, we've got like our, we need our time. And I think a couple of hours is all right for me. Like seven till nine, 9.30, yeah. I'm happy. Like I've had my downtime. I'll do a bit of breathing before I go to bed and that's me. And we're happy. Like we've, we've had a day. And I think if your kids go to bed later or you eat later, that's the knock-on of I still need my time. Like I, I, I totally get it. There's no way I could say kids are in bed, I'm going to bed. And then like rinse, repeat. And all of a sudden it's like, what's my purpose here? I'm just like literally yeah. in this cycle and I never get a chance to do something I want to do. So I totally get it. But I think what we've tried to do as a family is say, we'll put the kids first and we'll work around them. And I know other parents go the other way where they're like, we do this and the kids can work around us. And you've got to find what works for you. Yeah. But for us, it worked to say, Let's build around the kids. Let's build around meals and naps and sleep. And from that, we can figure out what we can do. And I, and I hear you on that, but I would almost push you a little bit because I think while you've built around the kids, you're also saying to the kids, we're adapting, but these are the things that are fixed for mom and dad. And like, I'm going to go do my cold plunge. If you want to come out and talk to me in the morning when I'm doing it, you can. Or you can find something else to do, but this is a fixed thing on the skip. So it, it's a little bit of give yep. and take, which I think is really good. And I think that's really important for them to see, you know, that again, this is just the way we do things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's tricky, isn't it? Because you, you, your kids, you don't want your kids to see you as um, always on call or always on tap as like, whenever I shout or call or want anything, you'll drop everything and come and mm -hmm. do it. And and we try and do that as parents to say, if you yell at me from another room, I'm not going to answer you. If you don't speak to me in the right manner, you're not going to get what you need from me. But it's super tough um, to, to navigate that. But I like, I'm a, I'm a process guy, so I like a bit of structure. Yeah. Um, and it works for me. And like, it, I've got like established of eating at 5 p.m. Like that's, that's what you do now. Yeah, I get <laughs> that's it. That's what I do now. I get it. Yeah. I'm trying really hard not to bite on your Obi-Wan Kenobi bait because I haven't talked with anyone on the show about it yet. Oh, and right. it's so damn good. <laughs> but I'm just going to leave it there because we could do a whole new podcast about that. But <laughs> yeah, well, well, that, that's a, that's another thing with uh, your your interests and how you you feed it into your kids and finding those commonalities where my kids love Star Wars, obviously because of me. Yeah. They love Legos because of yeah. me. And then we can combine the two and have Star Wars Legos. Yeah. So then I'm like, we, we 
go to a store together and we've got this common interest or we build it together because we've got this common interest. So yeah, like uh, getting your kids into stuff that you love is is definitely a, a way forward because then you can have your sort of guilty pleasure. Do there. you ever get the look from your wife? Because I get this all the time with Legos where she's like, did you buy this for Oliver or for you? I'm like, oh no, definitely for Oliver. Like, <laughs> As you're sat there building Yeah, it. definitely. It's totally for him. And he's like in the other room like, oh, no, I thought he was right here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. So, um, man, I, I love, I, I there's so much there that I feel like to, to take away from. And I, I, I'm really grateful for you for coming on and, and, um, and sharing all that. And I, I want to be, you know, kind of respectful of your time. So I want to, I want to start moving towards our, our kind of our rapid fire questions to kind of close it out. But is there anything before we kind of go off topic on those? Is there anything else that you feel like is worth kind of noting or, or hitting on, on this, on what we've talked about? Yeah, I, th- I think we were, Obviously, the conversation was primarily about breathing. I think before we get into quick fire, we spoke about thinking about your breath work, which was really important. And then you can think about like an emergency tool in terms of breath work. So if you if you are feeling stressed or anxious or starting to get into this state of I feel I'm losing control, focus on the breathing and just go back to the nose of inhale, exhale and pause and try and get the pause a little bit longer like maybe three seconds four seconds so it's like in out three two one inhale exhale three two one and just bring that control back to your emotion so we call that like an emergency breathing tool so try and tap into that one and then the other one as a parent which i think is really really cool to do is in the evenings before bed, you can do it on the couch, you can do it in bed, do something what we call cadence breathing or tempo breathing. And we're trying to bring your breathing rate down from what, 12, 15 to six. Oh, wow. Six breaths per minute. So we're going, right, I'm going to aim for six breaths per minute. So I'm going to go an inhale of four seconds. One, two, three, four. Exhale of five to six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Pause for one, one, go again. And that will give you around six breaths per minute. Jeez. And it's a huge tool for, for us to do as adults in the evening to go six breaths per minute, four seconds in, six seconds out, or like five seconds, six seconds, pause, and just do that for a couple of minutes. And it will shift your mindset and it will downregulate your body and it will onboard you for sleep. And all the stress of the day can start to settle and fade. So, Three big things like consciousness to your breathing, number one, emergency exercise, number two, just that longer pause on the exhale, and then the cadence breathing in the evenings. And they're three massive breathwork tools that we can use as parents. All right. So I'm going to ask you two more questions before we get rapid fire because that just threw me there. One, when you said you're, that what you kind of do at the end of the night, is that what you're doing? Is that that process of the extended or, or lowering your, your, your respiratory rate? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll do a four seconds in, six seconds out, natural pause. It's always with the nose. Like if we're talking mm-hmm. about functional breathing, it's with the nose and I'll just go four, six, pause, and I'll do it and do it and do it. And then I might think about something else and then I'll come back to it and I'll just like bounce around. And then once I'm like, okay, I've done enough, then I'm done. And I promise you, if you nail it and do it, you can feel a sense of relaxation and you almost feel this wave of 
relaxation and fatigue come over you where you're like, oh, I feel relaxed. I feel great. So like, please try it tonight. Like it makes a world of yeah, difference. Yeah, absolutely. So the second question, I probably should have asked this a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, any of this, any of this breathing, I mean, it, it all sounds like it's something that you could be, that anyone could actively start doing to, today with their kids. Right. And, and having yeah. a conversation with them about the importance of breath. So whether it's just the, you know, the four and four in through your nose, out through your nose with the pause, um, whatever it may be, do, are there, are there resources that you suggest for people to kind of look at for talking about breath breathing with kids or working on breathing yeah. through difficult emotions or any of that? So the, the, I think there's actually a free resource by Patrick McKeown. It might be called the Buteco method, not the oxygen advantage where Patrick works across both. And there's a free resource for helping kids breathe better. So look, look out for I'll that, find which that is an amazing resource. Yep. And then just almost trying to make breathing a bit more fun. So one of the things we're trying to get kids to do is breathe light, breathe slow and breathe deep. And something I'll do with my kids is say, right, you're going to breathe in and out through your nose only. So you can only do that. And you're going to breathe so quiet that I can't hear you. And I'm going to do the same. And the first person to hear the other one wins. Like, okay, <laughs> so you'll, we'll lie super close to each other and we'll be breathing and we'll be like, okay, I can't hear you. And it's like, right, I heard you because they might make a noise. And, and it works like for my four and six year old because they love it. And it's like you, you, you're getting into like some of the mechanics of breathing. Or you might say, right, we're going to breathe in and breathe out and see who can breathe out for the longest time. So breathe in. You have to use your nose and breathe out. Go, go, go. Like who can do the longest exhale? And they'll do it. If you, if you challenge them and do it with them, they'll do it. Or you might put, um, you can put something on there like um, just below the rib cage and say, right, I'm going to place this Lego man on your, like just b below your sternum. And every time you breathe in, he needs to go up. Yeah. And let's see who can make him go up the highest. Yeah. So you have, you have to like gamify it in a way but teach them how to breathe properly. But Patrick's got a ton of resources on like teaching kids to breathe. That's properly. awesome. I will definitely find that. And I'll, I'll get it linked in the show notes. Cause I think that's a huge, you know, it's something to do with your kids, right? I mean, it's something else you could yeah. add in a couple minutes a day. And I mean, it may be a fun game for everyone and you might become a better breather. Your kids become a better breather and you know, here we are. So that's, yeah, it, there's the goal. Um, all right, man. Well, let's, we'll jump into some, some not so rapid, rapid fire here. Um, what is, well, oh, this has been my new favorite one to start with. How do you define success? Um, understanding your, your purpose to start off with. Um, and then from there, figuring out if, if you're living your purpose, so to speak. So whatever, and, and we often say, oh, what's your goal? And goals are very transient and they come and go. But the bigger purpose is something, it's almost like that North Star that you mm -hmm. can always work toward. And I think it's such a hard question when you say to people, what's your purpose? And they're like, well, I don't know. I like can't figure it out. So pause for a moment, think about what your purpose is. And then everything you, you do within in life, like, is it leading to your purpose? purpose and goals are amazing and you need them like and they can guide you but what's the north star and then if if you're heading in that direction 
I'm not saying success is arriving there. I'm saying success is heading in that direction. Yeah, I like that. I, that's the first time I've had an answer like that on here for that. And I, I, I really like that answer. I think it's, uh, it fits, it fits with the theme of the episode here. Um, all right. Next question. What's, what's the most important lesson that you learned from your dad? Uh, hmm. I'd say honesty. Um, my, my dad, I still have my dad, which is amazing. Like he's, he's, He's such an important person in my life. Um, and he, he really taught me good morals and ethics, like to be a good person, to be an honest person, which I always saw with my dad. Um, and he was a really good role model um, and still is to this day. I'm 41 now. Dad's in his mid-70s. Um, and, and, and I think as, as a dad or a parent, what he provided for me was almost like a safety net. It was always there. And no matter what dumb shit I did or whatever thing that I wanted to go and do, I knew he would be there for me. So it was obviously from like a, a moral ethical standard, like he taught me that. But the biggest thing I always had with both my parents, but with, with my dad as well was, we got you. Like whatever trouble you get into, or whatever you want to go and do, or whatever you want to try, just have a go. And even if you fail, it doesn't matter, we got you. And I think that that was super important, which which I try and take now with my kids to say, I don't care if you fail. I don't care what the outcome is. I just want you to try. And at the end of the day, I've got you. Yeah, that's, I love that, man. That's, I, I've, I have a lot of, uh, I relate to that a lot. So that's, that's a great answer. You, you almost made me cry then as well. Like I, f- <laughs> I find it quite tough to think about my dad, yeah. but but it's a happy way, but it's because I don't get to spend enough time yeah. with them. I was going to ask, are they are your parents in, in the UK? Yeah, they're in the UK. So it, it like, especially with the pandemic, I've not seen my parents for over, over probably three years. Oh, wow. Since. You guys haven't seen them at all yeah. since. No. And then, and then, you know, with kids, it's like such a big influence Yeah, that they're not around. So yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I had a couple episodes ago, a guy named Chris Baddock, who's from, who's from the UK on and he, uh, him and his wife live in Colorado. And he said, you know, I, I had to make a decision that we are here, you know, and that, that, what that looks like for transatlantic flights once a year and being able to see people and whatnot, but you know, that we, this is a choice we made and, you know, just this is what it is. And it's, it's, I can't, I imagine that's got to be very challenging. So, um, but it was, tough, yeah. it was, you can, you can tell the love and admiration you have for your dad in that answer. So it was really cool. Um, well, I'll, I'll make it a little lighter for you on the next one. Then what's, uh, what are you listening to Audiobooks, podcasts, music? What's, what's on the playlist? Um, so my music, new music taste stopped in a, probably about 2002. <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what, what news out there. Um, I love, uh, the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. I've seen them a couple of times in the US and in the UK. I love Oasis. Um, so I tend to listen to quite a bit of that. I'm actually in a band out here in the US. Um, so that's super fun and get to do that like every Thursday and play, hopefully play the occasional gig coming up this summer um podcast wise who do i like i like 
uh, Huberman, Andrew Huberman. Um, saw him live the, the last month, which was sensational as well. Like, that's great. Deep science. I love that. Um, I really like... There's a few like fitness type health ones I like. Sean Stevenson is one that I'll dip into. Max Lugavia, I'll dip in and out of. Um, I listen to a lot of soccer, football podcasts, like just basically from back home. Mm -hmm. And I almost find that's an escapism for me of I'm listening to something that basically is not attached to anything and it's pretty throwaway. Um, And then audio book wise... Um, I'm trying to listen to one or two, but I'm not making a lot of headway. Um, I've got, like, I, I, I tend to try and listen to ones I've listened to before, like Patrick's book, The Oxygen Advantage. I keep listening to it because every time I listen to it, I pick up something up new. Something yeah. new. Um, and then... Um, one one I'm trying to listen to is why zebras don't get ulcers. <laughs> um, I've not I've not got very far into it, so um, that's that's on the on the list of things I'm listening to at the moment. All right, all right. Well, last question to you then, man. Um, what what is something that you've learned from your kids? Oh, big question. They 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 give you a lesson every day, um, but a think something I've learned from them is to be a leader because they look to you for direction and as a dad you kind of have to grow up in a way in a sense and and, and be the leader and show the way um, because they, they, they look they look to you either consciously or subconsciously for guidance and it comes back to that safety net thing of like with my dad, like I've got to be there for my kids and be the leader. And a big, a big thing I did this year was start to look at how I could break some bad cycles of stuff that I did as a kid and I didn't want to pass on to my kids and trying to get around to break those cycles and think about how, how I would be the leader for them and, and, and be very, um, positive in their life, but also let them fail a little bit to step back in and say, it's okay to fail. So I think, I think they've taught me that it's important for me to be a leader. And I, I quite often take that into life now of things like things that are challenging that you might sometimes think, Oh, I can't, I, I don't want to do that. Or I'm scared to do that. I'll often reflect back and think, what example does this set to my kids? What would my kids think? Yeah. And, and they become very motivational for you, whether it be professionally in, in work or meetings or in like endeavors for me riding a bike. Quite often I'll reflect and say, what will my kids think? And w- would this make them proud? And, and, and I think they've, they've definitely taught me to, to be a leader. It's a beautiful answer, my friend. It's a beautiful answer. Well, Mike, man, thank you so much for taking this time to chat with us. I think this is going to be a really, you know, a beneficial listen. It's been a little bit of a different type of conversation than we've normally had on the pod here before, but I'm, I'm really thankful to you, grateful to you for your time and, and for sharing your knowledge with everyone. So uh, truly, man, thank you so much. 
Uh, thank you. I've really, really enjoyed it. So th- thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Anytime. A big thanks to Mike for joining me on the pod this week. I really enjoyed this chat and I hope you guys find it helpful. Um, again, Mike, thanks for being patient with this episode coming out. <laughs> um, I will catch you guys in a few weeks with a new episode. Until then, I hope all of you guys are doing well with getting back into the uh, back to school routine for those of you who've got kiddos doing that. It's a wild time of year. We're certainly on that journey as well. As always, if you have any thoughts on the show, you can shoot me an email at palmer at wakedaddrinkrepeat.com or you can shoot me a DM on our Instagram. And until next time, remember to wake, dad, drink, repeat. Cheers, y'all. Wake, Dead, Drink, Repeat is part of the Palm Tree Podco Network of Podcasts. The show is produced and edited by me, Anthony Palmer. Thanks for tuning in.